Tomorrow and uh, Thursday, Rav Horvitz will give the shir, and on Friday, I'll give the shir again. Um, the Gemara, in passing, the Gemara is trying to establish dates and sequences in the Torah and, and times, but in passing, there are just some wonderful things that, the, that we learn from the Gemara. And right at the top of Dav Gimel Ahmed Aleph is, is the first thing on, on our Daf, where the uh, Gemara quotes a, a posuk, Ha-Knani Melech Arad, uh, and, and the Knani, the king of Arad, which Tosfos brings and, and from the Medrash, that that's really talking about Amalek, uh, that, that he heard, the Posek, quoted the Posek down below, Kibai Yisrael Derech Atarim, that Yisrael was coming through the Atarim area, Vayilachem be Yisrael, and he fought with Yisrael, Vayesh Mimenu Shevi, and he captured people from, from Yisrael. So it was a a terrible tragedy, the, uh, the Amaleki war, that took place at that time. Ask the Gemara, Mashmua Shama. It just tells us, what did, what did he hear? Answers the Gemara, Shama Shemet Aharon Venistalku Ananei Kavod. He heard that Aaron had died and that the Ananei Kavod, the clouds of glory, were no longer present. He took that as a sign that now he's permitted to fight with Israel, that Israel has been weakened. And, and that's what is mentioned um, when it says, And the whole nation saw that Aaron had died just before, in an earlier posuk, just before. The nation had noticed that Aaron died, and then right after it says, So what did he hear? He heard that Aaron died. But the Gemara goes on, and this is the amazing part. That, that alone would be fine. So the, the, the Gemara, so Amalek heard that Aaron had died, and from that the Gemara could have worked out all the dates. But Rabbi Avohu dies. I feel quite an affinity with Rabbi Avohu because he used to live up the road here. He used to live in Caesarea, which is, a, and we all know, it's, a, it's, a tree, it, it's, it's right up the road. And when one goes there, one's, one's, one's kind of taken with all the Roman presence in the archaeology there. It's all the, the Roman presence. But the Chachomim were there too. Rabbi Avo lived there. He had a yeshiva there. Uh, and he was the, the, the Jewish ambassador to the Roman Empire. So he was an important figure and an incredible tzaddik. And, and, and of course, Talmud Chacham of the time, of, he was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, and as we see, a Talmud of Resh Lakish as well. So he was part of that whole group. And the Gemara says in Moed Cotton that when, the, uh, when he died, the marble pillars of Caesarea um, shed tears, that there was a seepage out of the marble pillars that you could, you could see even the pillars of the Roman pillars were, were crying when Rabbi Avohu died. So when one goes to Caesarea, those are the things I think of more than the, the Roman glory. Don't read it Vayiru, but Vayera'u. Which then would mean vayera ukol The difference between vayiru, vayiru is a verb. Um, it, it's a transitive verb. And they saw, meaning Israel saw that Aaron had died. But what do you mean they saw that Aaron had died? Say they heard that Aaron. What do you mean they saw that Aaron had died? It says Rabbi Avo, it's not to be pronounced vayiru. Read it vayera and the nation became visible because Aaron had died. Because the Anon, they are covered, had disappeared. That's Rabbi Avo's 
amazing chidush here. And then he goes on, Kedoresh Lakish, as Resh Lakish, one of his rabbeim taught, the Omer Resh Lakish, Ki Meshamesh Bedalet Lashonot, the word Ki can be used for different things. E, it can be if, Dilma, it can mean maybe, Ela, it can mean but, and it can also mean Daha, giving a reason for, because that. Hodul Hashem, Ki Tov. Say thanks to Hashem, Ki, because He is so good. So here also, the nation became visible. Why? Because Aaron had died. So you see from there that the Ananei Kavod disappeared. But it's interesting that with this addition of Rabbi Avo, it's not so much about the, the fact that Aaron was no longer there. There's an added element here of the fact that, that, that Yisrael were now visible. And we'll see that in a moment. Um, Tosfus asks the question and says that it, it can't really be speaking about this posik that we've just learned because this posik it says what they heard. They heard that Yisrael was, was approaching through the Atarim road. So that's what they heard. Why do you have to say, what did they hear? The Torah tells you what they heard. So it must be talking about the posik in Masai, says Tosfus. And the posik in Masai, which, which I bring in the sources here, there are three psukim. First, Aaron ben Shalosh Vesimum Achanabu Motoboraha. And Aaron was 123 when he died. Next posuk, Vaishma Knani Melecharavu Yushiv Benegiv Beret Knani Bavo Bene Israel. And the Knani heard, this is the same Knani Melecharad, so it's talking about the same event. And then Vaishu Mehorahar Vaishanu Bitsamona. And then it says the Bene Israel traveled. What did the Knani hear? There says Tosfus, there's something missing. Vaishma Knani, and it doesn't say what. And Rashi actually says, This is the source, Rashi says on, on Chumash. Although he brings it also in the Posuk on Chukat, he says the real source where you work it out from is from the Posuk in Masai. That's why the Torah repeats it, because that's the source of the Limud that Amalek thought because of, that, that Aaron had died and there were no Ananei Kavod and he could not come. The Marshal asks a question. Marshal is very, very important, and, and like a lot of things, is falling into disuse because people have become lazy. So the um, the Chazanish wrote uh, that we've got the Mikhtavim, We've got letters that the Chazanish wrote to various people at that time. Um, so that's he wrote these letters in the uh, kind of the early times of the state of Israel. That's when he was was active as a teacher and a leader here in Israel in the forties, nineteen fifties. And they're letters that guide people how to learn. They're wonderful letters. And one of, in one of them, he talks about the importance of learning, when, even when you're learning relatively fast. Learn Gemara, Rashi, Tosfus, Marsho. Now those people don't even learn Tosfus, never mind Tosfus. They don't even learn Rashi because they've got art scroll. So what do you need Rashi and Tosfus for? Because that's how you learn how to learn from Rashi, Tosfus, and Marsho. And Marsho is difficult because if you only understand the Marsho, if you've learned the Tosfus so well, that you've got the marshal's question. If the marshal asks a question and you don't have the question, it's difficult to understand what he's going on about. So it requires you to learn really thoroughly. It's part of what the limit of the marshal is, and that's part of the reason people don't learn it now, because they look at the marshal and they don't. They look, they look used to looking at things in order to explain what they've just learned. You know what I mean? So they look at the Gemara now. They look at the art scroll or the translation or whatever to, to understand what they've just learned. But that's not how you learn Marshall. Marshall is a safer. You learn Marshall as, as a primary text. 
Once you've understood the Gemara Rashi and Tosfos, then you learn Mashal and he analyzes. But the Mashal wrote two, was 17th century, he wrote two works. One is the Chidushe Halachot, which is on, on the Gemara, and the other is Chidushe Agadot. He wrote a second Sefer, which has been combined into, the, into one Sefer now, which we have at the back of every Gemara. The, um, which is Chidushe Agadot, where he explains the Agadic material more. And he challenges Toysvis and says it doesn't really help bringing the other posuk. But what does it really help? Rashi says quite clearly the two psukim are linked. Um, but he says what Rashi, what Rashi means is it's the Vayishma. In both psukim there's a Vov. The Vov links to what came before. In both cases, both in Masai and in, in Chukas, Right before Amalek hearing the news, we hear about the Mises Iron, and that's what Rashi means, is that there's a linkage between the two. There's a beautiful Torah Tamima. Torah Tamima is another sefer that people don't use a lot now. And he's kind of been cut out of the yeshivisha canon because he was a, a controversial kind of a person. He says amazing chidushin, amazing, amazing things, and some of them are a little controversial. Uh, the, uh, the Torah Tamima was the son of the Orach HaShulchan. We've talked a lot about the Orach HaShulchan. And he was a Talmud in Valoj, and he was a nephew of the Nitziv as well. His mother was a niece of the, of the Nitziv. So he learned in Valoj and under the Nitziv. He got smicha from the Nitziv and from the Beis Alevi. He got, um, he was an unbelievable Talmud Chochem. And one of the things he wrote was Torah Tamina, linking, the, 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 linking various Gemaras to the Psukim in the Chumash. And he writes and says, the question is not where do we in the Mashmua Shamao is not what did he hear. We know what he heard. That's not the issue. What triggered his fearlessness is what the Gemara is asking. It's a psychological question, not a, not a language question. What triggered his fearlessness? In the same way as it says when, when it asks about, about Yitro, Mashmua Shamao what did Yisro hear that made him come? The same wording. The Posuk tells us what he heard. He heard everything that Hashem did coming out of Mitzrayim and Yamsuf and, and all of that is, is what he heard. So what is the Gemara saying? What did Yisro hear that made him come? Says the Torah to Mima because what it's asking is what triggered his curiosity? What made him leave his country and follow the Jewish people? What was the thing that excited him? That's what it's looking at here too. What is the thing that, that Amalek saw that gave him the strength, that inspired him to, to go after the Jewish people? There he saw that Iron had died and he thought now he had the, the, the opportunity. But in, in a way, everybody's missing one word in Rashi. Uh, not missing it, of course, but just perhaps not focusing on, on the meaning of that word. Ela vayareu, says Rashi, vayirau. On this word of don't read it, it's Rabbi Avo's Chidush that, that Rashi touches on. Because without Rabbi Avo, as I pointed out, the Gemara is complete. You don't really need Rabbi Avo. What does Rabbi Avo add? Vayiro u says Rashi, nit galu. The important thing is that Bnei Yisrael became visible. It's not that now Aaron was gone. The Zohar HaChadash says, the Zohar says in the Zohar HaChadash, in Tafiyud Beis, the, the Zohar says it's the fact that Aaron wasn't there to protect them. The, the protection of Aaron was gone. And in a sense, that's how the Torah to Mim is learning as well, that that's how the, the protection of Aaron has gone. But Rashi is saying something else in Rabbi Avo. It's not just the protection, they became visible. Because when something becomes visible, it's a target of attack. As long as something is not visible, it's, there's no, it's not a target of attack. That's the idea of an eye in horror, to keep, keep things not so visible, keep things under the radar screen. Um, it's the idea of of, 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 of the special brocha in things that are not visible. 
Because once something is visible, it has dimensions. Once it has dimensions, you're capping its potential. Until it has dimensions, it has uncapped potential. Once it has dimensions, you're defining it. And you're defining it in a very dimensional way, in a very quantitative way. Once you define the thing in a quantitative way, you're capping it. And, and it's important to be able to see the, the limitlessness of the potential. So Kohlsman, all the time that the Jewish people were in this cloud, there was this mysterious cloud. Nobody knew how many were they. What did they look like? What are they doing? There was just this mysterious cloud walking through the desert, doing all these amazing things. And that leaves you in awe of unlimited potential. Who knows what else these people can do? They crossed Yamsuf. They got the Torah at Sinai. They've won wars. Who knows what else they can do? But when you see them, even if there are a million of them or 10 million of them, you always have the opportunity of saying they're nothing more than. You can always reduce things. When you're working with, quantita with quantitatives, you can always reduce things. It's nothing more than. And that it's nothing more than is one of the most dangerous phrases that there is in destroying ruchnius, in destroying spirituality, and in destroying quality. It's not, quality, you can never say it's nothing more than. Because quality is always more than. Quantity is nothing more than, even if the, you say, this man has, has, has $100 billion. Okay, so nothing more than $100 billion at the end of the day. So he's, a, he's 100 times more wealthy than somebody who's got a billion dollars. 1,000 times more wealthy than somebody else. So you, can work, you can quantify it. But if you don't know, and, and his capacity to generate is just bigger and bigger and bigger and he's growing, and you don't know, then there's a limitlessness. And it's important in relationship to, to one another, not just to Klal Yisrael, that we understand that, that we don't see the gilui, we don't see people in their revealed state. We've got to understand that under the revealed surface is a limitless source of, of capacity to generate, to be mechadesh, to create, to do and the most wonderful, incredible things. And we have to relate to that in people. We've got to see the cloud around people. We've got to see the mystery around people and realize that in this cloud there's something that is totally untouchable. There's something that's totally un unmeasurable. Once B'nai Israel were nitgalu, once they could be seen, they lost their mystique. Once they could be seen, Amalek takes a look and says, oh, okay, so they got an army, there are a million people, no big deal. I've got two million people, we'll, we'll take care of them. It just becomes a matter of quantities and proportions. And that's in that one word of Rashi, nitgalu. And with that, Rashi cuts through all the discussion with, with, of Tosfus and the Masho and the Tumima, all of that discussion, it's all about, what, and that's the Chidush of Rabbi Avo, that's what Rabbi Avo adds that we didn't know before. Nitgalu, it's not vayiru but vayera'u. They could be seen. And once you can be seen, you attract the force of Amalek, which you don't attract when you're mechuseh, when you're, when you're covered in tzniyot and, and there's mystery. Uh, one doesn't attract the force of Amalek.